0: Rahim ala Amma Abad. Alhamdulillah tonight is the 16th of December in the year 2022 and inshallah to spend a session talking once again about the glorious deed of salah Salah is a deed which is most precious to those with understanding. For instance, Ubaydullah ibn Sulaiman ibn Muawiyah al-Shami, he said, "Our grandfather he wore out two prayer rugs and began on a third with the place of his knees, face, and hands from the abundance of salat that he offered." This is recorded by Hafiz Zahabi rahmatullahi alayhi, in Sir 7-398. So what's mentioned? So one of the salaf, I think his grandfather was a companion. <coughs> he said that he literally wore out the musalla, we call him musalla, the prayer rug. And the places that were worn out where is where his knees would touch, his face and his hands. And he was on the third. So the howler now is, when you look at the prayer mats in many of the Muslim households, they don't like they've been born today. And yet they've been in the dwelling for years. In another report, in Sahih Bukhari, number 860, Anas, he said, My grandmother, Sayyidah Mulaika, once invited Rasulullah for a meal, which he had prepared for him. On arrival he ate some of it and then said to us, Arise, I shall now lead you in Salah. I thereupon brought out a mat that had become black owing to excessive use and I sprinkled water over it. Rasulullah thereupon stood on it and offered two rakats." The orphan was with me, I in the first row and the old lady عنك, stood behind us. So let's look at this. So this is recorded in Sahih Bukhari. So Anas, the famous servant of our beloved Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Sallam, his family was very near and dear to the Prophet Sallallahu His grandmother was called Malika, and she prepared a meal. She invited the Prophet Sallallahu So when the Prophet ate from the meal, he then said, "Arise, I shall lead you in salat." So not only was he going to pray. In the dwelling. He was going to lead them in prayer. And then what Anas said. That, Allah, I brought out a mat. It had become black. Owing to excessive use. So Note how much they use the prayer mat. He goes. So I sprinkle water upon him, Meaning make it soft for the Prophet. He stood on it. He offered two rakats. Then Anna said. The orphan was with me in the first row. Meaning I was standing behind the Prophet. And it was an orphan. And my grandmother was standing at the bike, meaning the women stand at the bike. This Sahih hadith proves that salat on a prayer mat is from the Sunnah. And an optional congregational salat may be offered with at least three people behind the Imam himself. So this is why the Hanafis state that an optional prayer it is you know you should do it with three. That you shouldn't do it with you know extended numbers, and I think the reason is because of this report. So it proves you can offer the optional prayer in congregation. It also proves that you can pray on a prayer mat. So why do I mention that? Because the rawafit they say you must touch the earth, and you'll notice there are little clods of earth because the prayer is not valid unless your head touches the the a place of earth. So the response to that is there's no problem, but. It's not a necessity. And if anybody asks you for any proof, here's a proof. (coughs) The Prophet was praying on a prayer mat. He didn't say to Anas, no, my head must touch the floor. And not only that, he mentions it was black because it was used so much. So this is why there's no problem with praying on a prayer mat. It's a sunnah of the Prophet. (coughs) Hafiz ibn Hajar, he relates something here. So this is in Fatal al-Bari. And Sheikh Abdullah Sirajuddin al Husseini, who died 2002, Christian era, it is his work Al Salat ala al Nabi, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, page 204, of the English translation. So Hafiz ibn Hajar al Skalari, Rahmatullah, relates the words of Hakim al Tirmidhi, Rahmatullah. Whoever wishes to gain the providence of this salutation of peace sent by the creation in their Salah, then let him be a righteous servant. So he can be linked with the righteous servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who receive the salutations of those who offer salat until the day of judgment. For otherwise he will be denied this immense bounty. So stopping the quote. So what is Hafiz al-Hakim al-Thibbadi saying? He's relating to what you say in your tashahud. as alayna wa ala ibadillahi salihin. You notice you say that, and that means peace be upon us and on the righteous servants. You're sending salam upon the righteous servants. So, Hakim Rahmatullah <laughs> said that you, by offering salat, you become part of that chain. Mm-hmm. So, your salams are helping each other. You understand? You're sending salam upon the righteous servants. Then he quotes Al Kafal said in his Fatawa, the abandonment of salah harms all the Muslims. For the person engaged in Salat says, O oh Allah forgive me and the believing men and women. And he must say, "Assalamu alayna wa ala ibadillahi salihin. Thus the one who abandons the Salat is negligent in his service to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Negligent of the right of Rasulullah, negligent with his self, and negligent with the right of the Muslims. And for that reason, the severity of this abandonment is immense. Mm. So, look at the strange way that the shiur look at Salat. They said that by neglecting Salat, you've neglected the right of Allah, because that's the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You've neglected the right of the Prophet. Why? Because you're sending Salat upon the Prophet in Salat. (laughs) You've neglected yourself. Why? Because you're going to destroy yourself. And you've neglected the rights of the Muslims. Why? Because you're supposed to send Salam upon them. He goes, therefore, the severity of the text. You know, here, the only difference between us and them is Salat. And people say, why is it so severe? Just look at the elements of Salat. And the scholars have clarified upon this. Similarly, it is mentioned in Al-Mawahib. From the subtleties of the Shahada, is that which Al Baydawi, rahmatullahi alaih, mentioned in Sharh Al Masabih? He, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, taught them to single him, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, out with the mention, saying, "Assalamu alaykum, ayyuhan nabiyyu wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh." Due to his nobility, and extra right upon them. Then he taught them, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, to mention their own selves first because concern with the self is more important so you notice the shahud was the first Salam to the prophet assalamu alayka wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh that is to yourselves assalamu alayna wa ala salihin then the sheikh said then he ordered them to send general salah salam sala- upon the righteous informing them that supplication for the believers should include them <laughs> This is recorded by Sheikh Abdullah Salajudin Husaini in his work Al Salat Allah an Nabi, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, page two hundred three of the English translation. So the tashahud is very interesting, and also there's reports they have weakness, and the tashahud was the conversation that took place on the Mihraj when Rasulullah went to Allah the Almighty and Glorious. So if you look at the translation, At Ta'hiyatu Lillahi Salawatu wa tayyibatu all prayer and worship and goodness is for Allah. The Prophet said that to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Peace be upon you, O Prophet, and the mercy of Allah. Then the Prophet remembered us. Peace be upon us and on the righteous <coughs> servants of Allah. So look how beautiful. Allah, Allah was honoring the Prophet in that. You know, amazing meeting, and he still remembers. So Allah Taala loved that so much, He makes you remember that in the, tash, the shahud And then you say, "Ashhadu Allah illaha, Ashhadu Allah illallah, Ashhadu Muhammad abduhu wa rasulah." So the Prophet said, "I should, you know I bear witness that there is no good but Allah, and Allah subhanahu wa taala says, and I bear witness that Muhammad is His messenger, abdu abduhu wa rasulah, His servant and His messenger.' So note that the Shahud was, that beloved, that, that communication was so beloved, it became part of Salat. And what do you say straight after that? The root Which Imam Shafi said is Farid. <laughs> right? So, very interesting. Why? Because then you're going to make your own dua at the end of the Tashahud. The and there's no dua accepted without the Salat al-Nabi. And the only thing, there's a report from the Oliyah. They say that the Salat is the mihraj of the Muslim. Now what's interesting about that, the mihraj of the Prophet was physical. He went physically. On the barak, he went from Makkah to Jerusalem, and then he went into the portal to go to the heavens. Our mihraj, the hadith from the salaf, from the awliya is, is salah. So what does that mean? How is salah our mihraj? And they give beautiful, you know, clarifications. They say that when you're in the world, <coughs> you get knocked from pillar to post. One woody one woody comes and then when that woody disappears another one comes and it's just the you know like they say in Pushto the world is the marketplace of woodies so when you offer salat the scholars say you actually take yourself above like a pilot so when you see a plane and this turbulence what does the pilot do he goes high why because he wants to escape the turbulence so, when the pilot takes the plane above the clouds, what happens? There's no turbulence. And he goes, That is Salah. <laughs> Salah takes you away from the turbulence. If you offer it pr- uh, correctly, it's your mihraj. And this is why, if you notice the seerah, the Prophet at all critical moments, he was offering Salah. In the battle of the trench, at the critical moment, he was offering Salah. So, notice this is something we need to reflect upon. So, the tragedy is people now consider it a burden. You know, if you really reflect upon what Allah has given <laughs> and what you're actually saying within it and the great gifts, and blessings within it and you treating it as a birth, it shows that you're a, spiritually, you're like a child. You don't realize what Allah has given you. And this is why there's a hadith the Prophet said in Hakim and his Mustadraq Salat is the key to all goodness. <laughs> now think about that. The Prophet could have said, which he didn't Wasallam, <laughs> he could have said Salat is a key to goodness. He goes, it's the key to all goodness. Now think about that. Not 20%, 50%. Every single khair, every part of goodness, Salat is the key to it. So how can you on earth treat it as a burden? Think about that. If it's something's a key to all goodness and you're thinking, I can't do it. I find it difficult. Then you're actually saying, I don't want any goodness in my life. <laughs> It is also of the utmost importance to prevent oneself from being distracted in the Salat. Ibn al-Mubarak in his Zuhid, number 964. Our beloved messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, sandal strap had worn out. So he had it replaced with a new one. When he finished the Salat, he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, give the worn out strap back to me, for I looked at the new one during Salat. So think about this. This shows that you can pray as long as your sandals are clean. Some people think you have to take your shoes off. So the answer is, as long as you're not on a carpet inside the masjid, you know, no problem. As long as your sandals are clean, no shoes. So, if he could, you know, he put a new strap on. But when he put the new strap onto his sandal, during Salat, he was looking. And that, you know, upset the Prophet He goes, bring the old strap. Because it's distracted. So, this is the station of the Prophet. In like I mentioned, you can play with your sandals. But in a more famous report, the Prophet was distracted by a garment that had insignia, he had a pattern. Thus, when he finished his salat, he said, Sallallahu Alaihi sallam, looking at this distracted me. Take it and go to Abu Jam. This is in Sayyid Bukhari number 752, Sayyid Muslim number 556. So what happened? Abu Jaham, not Abu Jahal, right? Abu Jaham, Radiyallahu He gave a, a shirt to the Prophet So he wore it; it was a gift. But there was a pattern on it. So the Prophet look looked at his, you know, beautiful characteristics. He said, "It distracted me." He goes, "Go and give it back to Abu Jaham, and tell him to give me another one without the pattern." Why? Because if he had taken it off, he would have heard Abu Jaab. But well, then he goes, give it back to him, and he realized that I need something else. So now, what does that tell you? Sandal distracted the Prophet, a strap, a new strap, and a shirt. Those, it is from a person's intelligence that he offers salat away from any external distractions. Amir al-Mumineen, Sayyidina Umar, he said in Bukhari Sharif, he goes, avoid the two colors in the masjids, red and yellow. <laughs> so think about that's a hadith from Umar, also in Mishkat. Why red and yellow? Because they're bright colors. Now, the copy, here is is red, right? So, you know, we're looking at red straight away. So what about yellow? So note, why did he say that? He's saying you shouldn't have things that distract you. You go into masjids now and they've got chimes and the clocks. <laughs> you know, mobile phone goes off, another distraction. You know, the Imam goes, please put it on silent. He has to remind you all the time. All of this is part and parcel of guarding the prayer. The Prophet got upset when he was distracted. So, and also, he warns that he goes, do not start glancing with your eyes in Salat. This is shaitan stealing from your Salat. <laughs> and what happens, you know, you just bad habits, you know, you start looking at the corner of the eye, who's this walking towards me, right, who's that, who's opened the door, you know, and there you go, so note the distractions, and this is why the ulama, if you look at the hadith, what did the Prophet say, if you are given a meal, and it's time for salat, eat your meal, don't attend the congregational prayer, you know, very famous hadith, why did he say that, because if you're praying, and you you haven't ate, you'll be bringing your food into the salat. how <laughs> okay, interesting, right? You know, why? Because you're supposed to God, so even the congregational prayer, the Prophet will don't offer it. Hmm? <laughs> the scholars point out this is when you're extremely hungry. Now just a snake. You know, you still, don't start playing those games. Oh, I've got a snake, I can't play with the look. You know, I've got a snack and a right and stuff for love. It's a meal, so maybe you've worked 12-hour shift. You know, like the good old days, right? And you come back, and the food's placed, and it's time for salat. So obviously, the was why is why has the lawmaker given that concession? Because he doesn't want you to offer salat with distraction. <laughs> Imam Abu Hanifa, rahmatullah, said, "I don't like to eat in salat." When <laughs> the question, we talked about the same as is I'm "Bringing food into my salat." He said, what sort of a salat is this, <laughs> right? So not. And also, the scholars point out, if you've got anything to do, do it before the Salat. Don't take it into Salat. So for instance, you might need to pay a bill. So one of the ways that Shaitan distracts you is that he takes that into your Salat. You I'm doing it after Salat. And what happens? All the way through Salat, you're thinking, you need to go to the post office, you need to pay the bill off. And there's your Salat. So a wise person, he makes sure everything's, you know, in order before he enters into his salat, subhanallah, thus it is from a person's intelligence that he offers salat away from any external distractions, and this is why the Prophet, apart from the obligatory prayers, he will offer his optional prayers at home. Why? Because there's no distractions away from the eyes of the people. <laughs> so, note again, the salat uh, Abu Darda beautifully said to finish in Sayyid Bukhari. Salat is an occupation. Literally, he said, Salat is a job. It's an employment. Now, what did he mean by that? What he meant by that was, you need to guard it. It's like work. You guard your work. You go at certain times, you know, it. Mm-hmm. do's and don'ts. You don't just walk into work whenever you feel like it. Your boss goes, you find me. <laughs> well, I came to work. What you got? You come at nine and you finish at five. You don't just walk in at ten. So, obviously, with Salat, Abu Darda was saying the same because you need to guard the prayer. In other words, to establish the glorious deed of Salat. So, all I mentioned in this short session was again the glorious deed of Salat, mentioning that the prayer mat is Sunnah. Don't let anybody try to deceive you into thinking it's not. The prayer mat is from the Sunnah. The Prophet prayed on the prayer mat and the Salaf would wear it out, you know, subhanAllah. And then I mentioned why the abandonment of Salat is such a great crime and the scholars look into the Shahada. In the Shahud, you show this. And then, of course, I mentioned that you must not be distracted during this. Salah. try to protect yourself as best you can. Are there any questions you don't ask? سبحان ان تتحدث عن السفر الى لَا الى السفر 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 الى السفر